probably have more in common there. Than yeah. You know, so. Kelly Urich. Jack one, two. <laughs> Welcome to the Timmy Gibson show, oh, man. man this is, I, I, you know, this is the first <laughs> podcast I've ever done. Uh, completely naked. So, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, give me a little time to get comfortable with you, but I, I got to say at this point, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, feels good. Oh, my God. I love that. So for a couple things, one, one, the people that are, all you listeners out there, the millions of listeners that I have, they don't know how you and I met. Do you remember? Um, the first time we were I clothed. Met, <laughs> yeah, we were clothed. <laughs> you know, the first time we met, I, I, it'll hit me. Hanky Panky Challenge. It was Hanky Panky Challenge, and I was doing internet radio in my basement, talking to a million listeners, <laughs> <laughs> minus a million and a half. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was awesome, and you reached out and, and said, hey, let's do this Hanky Panky Challenge thing, and I thought, wow, uh, A, that sounds highly interesting. Yeah. Uh, B, I want to try that, and C, let's have fun with it, you know, yeah. so, and that's always kind of my, that's my motto right there. Let's try yeah. it and have fun with it, so... <laughs> So what's your story? You know, I know you as 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 Kelly Urich, the, the the morning DJ host of when I first became familiar with you was <laughs> there was this little thing you used to do. You'll remember it with Mix 93.3. Mm-hmm. And I just remember having the little Urich moments or these little things that I remember hearing every morning. <laughs> and I just liked your personality. You were funny. And I, you know, I just enjoyed your stuff. And then, of course, you know, then we met when you were off away from 93.3 you're not going to give me that i was raised listening to you and make my back hurt because i because i have aches <laughs> probably older than you <laughs> no no it, you know i was at uh media mix awards a couple of months ago down at downtown and and it's it always i get a lot of that there was a young lady she's one of the um columnists for the the kansas city business journal yeah and at the end of this award show she came up to me she says uh hey just want you to know I've spent my entire life listening to you. And I take that. There's a part of you who wants to say, wow, that is awesome. Like, God, I'm old. Like that hurts. Yeah. Right? It hurts. But um, no, no, no. Go, you know, going back first, I want to go back a, a little bit to the hanky panky challenge. Yeah. Yes. And then we get into that. But like, so we did the challenge. I took, and again, there's a big problem with the world taking everything literally. And we'll get into that later. Yeah. But but I, I took that literally as in every day. And yours was, it could be an offering of love or an offering of, of expression or or uh, appreciation. Right. We took it as putting the pedal to the metal. <laughs> and I just remember we were both walking funny by the end of February. Because You both developed <laughs> rashes. And- Hanky Panky Challenge, if you haven't heard this from Timmy Gibbs. And, and again, you made a lot of press for this, but it was... Once a day throughout the month of February, the month of love, love. you do something kind of, and you you start this off as kind of a romantic thing. Yeah. We just kept it with romance. And dude, like I learned a lot about what I could and couldn't do. So, yeah. but I got it. That's I still got it. <laughs> it was the, by the way, my mind is all over the place. The Kelly Urich grunt. I don't know that's where came from. what I remember. Where ah, did that start? That was just something that happened. You know, the actual origin of the, when I was on a high school tennis team, I used, they used to call me Chris Everett cause I, <laughs> <laughs> and now my kids call me that for walking up the stairs or yeah. bending over to get my shoes. Yeah. So the grunt just stuck with me and, you know, I have everyone from Garth Brooks to you know, Trent Green, George Brett doing the Kelly Urie grunt. The only artist who did not do, well, two artists, uh, a baseball, uh, Barry Bonds refused to do it. I don't get that. <laughs> And I didn't have any roids, so I had I had nothing to offer there. Right. And then the 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 other one was Janet Jackson, awesome interview, sweet lady. She says, "I don't think I'm going to do that." I'm like, eh, no problem. So fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, I remember her little malfunction of her wardrobe <sighs> malfunction. I had the only interview of her talking about, um, I want to say before she had an Oprah interview right after all that happened, and I, I got one of the lucky radio interviews of her t- actually talking about that moment. Oh, really? I've li- it was lost in a fire somewhere along the line, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we've interviewed some. I was going to say, who were the, who were some of your, your most memorable interviews? Uh, I mean, Janet Jackson's pretty odd. That's awesome. No, Janet's up there. You know, that's, that one does not stick out in my mind. I've had some really cool ones and I've had some real duds. Uh, the, uh, let me start with the worst. Cheryl Crow, who is a distant cousin of mine from Kennett, Missouri. Uh, you didn't know that. No. Yeah. I so didn't. she was, and I have a cousin Camilla who can walk me through the lineage of the family and whatever, but um, I was excited to meet her, enjoyed her music. This was 
mid 90 ish, mid to late 90s. She oh, was yeah. just kind of coming up. All I want to do is have some fun. And, and so excited to have her in the studio. Uh, the record rep came in and says, good luck with this. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And she came in, she was in a bad mood and she performed a couple of her songs. I want to say, um, a change would do you good may have been the song she performed on a guitar. Yeah. And <laughs> we were at 31st and Broadway. Uh, what is it's now a children's mercy hospital building. And we're up on the third floor <laughs> and the, the studio had a lock box on the thermostat. So you couldn't control how warm or cold it was. Yeah. And it was cold that day. And at the end of the interview, I said, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not wearing a bra either because it was dual Dopplers all the way. And, but it was just so noticeable. I mean, it was a white tank top and I was not trying to be disrespectful. I'm like, I was uncomfortable too. <laughs> yeah. She just walked out. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's my Cheryl Crow story. Um, interviewed Jay-Z that did not go well. It was at the end of Billboard Music Awards. Yeah. And he was tired of doing interviews. I was tired of doing interviews. We got about two sentences in. I said, dude, are you into this? He says, no. I said, get out of here. He says, boom. <laughs> Fist bump, done. Yeah, was a <laughs> um, no, but we're very, like, I feel very blessed, very fortunate to meet some of these cool people. Yeah. Uh, Garth Brooks, top of the line. You will not find a cooler interview and more attentive. Uh, gives you undivided, you know, when you're in the room and he'll remember your name. He'll know your name. If he'll talk to hundred people, he'll come back and say, hey, Kelly. Hey, Chad, I'll never forget. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Something interesting about Garth Brooks, just a little side note. Yeah. So Tulsa, when I was a, a, a pastor, <laughs> yeah. our church bought two of Garth Brooks's guitar road cases wow. uh, that, I, in fact, are still in storage to this day. Uh, and they said Garth Brooks across them and said, you know, and then guitars mm -hmm. and had, you know, the GG3, whatever. But we went down to Tulsa to, to buy them. So I am in ownership and possession of two Get of out. his... Oh, road cases. He's he's the real deal. The ultimate uh, performer entertainer. He did uh, spring training with the Kansas City Royals back in 2000. Oh, seven, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. And, and he was doing the you know, baseball spring training. It was a charity event. And I was there with my co-host now, McKenzie. And uh, you go down to the men's locker room in Surprise, Arizona. And uh, <laughs> and when you talk about Mike Sweeney, you're talking about Mike Sweeney, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because everything's a flopping in the breeze. They let the cheese <laughs> and uh, and there's Garth Brooks. And, and that was where, you know, wearing his jock strap, just like the boys there. And that's right. That's I, the, my favorite line of all time. It's not the length. It's the Garth. It's the Garth. That. That's, that's a T-shirt right there, buddy. I love it. <laughs> so so where how did you get started in radio what's your story like take us back where are you were you are you from kansas it's, city originally? Uh, no public service of my part of my parole uh no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's the um small i was every michael j fox movie in the 1980s bright lights big city i was raised on a farm on a john deere tractor yeah. didn't come from a lot of money we had a small farmhouse 40 acre farm dad worked construction did some farming and when it came plow time, I was on a John Deere 720, putt, 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 and eventually a 4020. <laughs> I was moving on up. So um, at, at a very early age, and I, you know, my parents, not uh, academics at all, uh, I had a, an uncle or two who were you know, engineers and, and, and went on to be teachers and that type. And so I kind of saw my path out of small town, nothing against small towns, but was through possibly teaching. So um, as, a, as a summer, uh, actually high school job, I became a copywriter and I wrote the horrible commercials that you hear on the radio. It's a crime to spend more than, not horrible, I'm sorry, those awesome commercials you hear on the radio. Spend more than, you know, stuff like that. And um, one uh, Sunday, a guy called in sick and it was a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. Uh, Mike Shannon and, and, and Jack Buck Joe Buck's dad, who was cool, yeah. not a complete pompous. Yeah. And, uh, and from there it was, uh, you know, weekends to, to nights. And then next thing I know, I'm on a, I'm on the top 40 station across town. I'd made it. So, um, and that's in high school. That was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing, so uh, then you at this point were like, I'm going to pursue this as a, like, this is going to be my life. Uh, no, I was terrified. I was horrible. I was horrible. And some people would say that to this day. Oh my gosh, he's horrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I get the emails. Oh, oh, did, why would you put him on the air? He's horrible. So you get a little thick skin, I think. But no, no, no. I, uh, you know, it, to me, it was just kind of a play toy thing to do on a side, and and I enjoyed it, but I didn't think I was any good at it. And then I went to the rock and roll station across uh, across town, and really got passionate about it. Went to the local college, Three Rivers Community College. What's up? What? And <laughs> and uh, just sent out what was called an air check tape. And just by chance, sent one to, to Kansas City. A buddy of mine, Don Miller, uh, Airborne Audio Productions here in Kansas City. Uh, he says, why don't you send a tape to this station? It was 106.5 KXXR. Yes. Today's rock and roll for Kansas City. I'm like, oh, that's a cool. And it was all over the trades. Like Billboard Magazine, or it was Billboard Magazine's program director of the year who hired me and was fired the weekend I moved here. So they don't know who I was. So I cheese and crackers and weekends as long as I could, you know. Wow. And uh, one thing, I say that, Don and Tara were, were kind enough to take me in their home, but, um, and from there, I was getting offers to go to Philadelphia and Los Angeles and Chicago and, and places like that. Didn't really want Not to morning show stuff yet. No, no, this is the night, screaming Mimi night DJ. So I'm screaming, rhyming, rapping, I'm thumping and bumping and rocking and rolling until you're swollen and all that crap. Right, right. And uh, worked here for a while, had pretty good rating success. It's all about ratings, you know, and, right. and once the word gets out there, Got an offer to go to L.A., turned it down, Whoa. Got, got fired, went to Phoenix for a while, came back to Kansas City, and and uh, <laughs> I've worked for every radio station in town, and uh, the final four refers to the <laughs> final ones that I haven't referred to, <laughs> actually worked for, but no, I love Kansas City, I've, and, and every experience has been good. I've, had, I've worked with great people at great stations, and I'm at my favorite place now, man, 94.9 KCMO, I love it. Yeah, because you guys don't play, are you, not don't play, you play classic hits right from the 70s and 80s and 90s 70s 80s i, I heard uncle cracker on the way here so okay. dude i'm telling you when people start hearing <laughs> uncle cracker and ace of bass like that's not old oh we're not oldies but yeah. you know, oldies is kind of an older genre but uh no 94.9 is is uh it's it's where i've always kind of know, wanted to wind up and this is where i'll retire so yeah, you don't want to play cardi b anymore no, no, no. I, my thing was Justin Bieber and, you know, met Justin Bieber nice when he was about this tall, you know, and nice kid, but I don't want to play him every 30 minutes. And then I wound up at a station playing him every 30 minutes. I'm like, get me out of here. So thank God. Lovely Donna Baker calls. Let's get over here. Yeah. So yeah. how are your ratings now? Like with the 94.9, is that, is that even kind of in the, the running? I mean, what is morning? I mean, I, I don't listen to radio, frankly. You know, I just don't. <laughs> I don't listen to local radio, right? Because I don't want to hear what other people are doing. Yeah. So I listen to stations in other countries. But yeah, um, we're knock on microphone here. We're number one, number one morning show in the market, and and of course have been, you are. No, awesome. no, no, no. Is it, but you know, the goal is to to hit twenty five to fifty four year olds. We, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, and the right. It's a roller coaster ride, but we've had a really, really good year, and and I think people are. People are reverting back to better times. Yeah. And they want, and we're very careful to not get all political and we're not screaming this oh, side or that God. side. No, no, no. I'm like, everyone's over that. And uh, people appreciate that. And so we're playing at Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and Pat Benatar. I'm like, people just feel better. And it, and it yes. shows. So, yeah. And our audience is all into Well, it. that's my, I mean, that's my era. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the music I grew up on. You should listen. We're at 94.9. Yeah. <laughs> i'd listen to you oh i appreciate it you know i'm just not in my car now no. that's the only time that i listen to local mm -hmm. radio if i'm not listening to a podcast that's the only time would be when i'm in my car you know it's and people i like to support local i go to the local if there's a chance to support a local restaurant over a national and it's nothing against the nationals but i'm local 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 but i don't want to hear what somebody across town is doing or someone even and we're really kind of our own genre of music but i don't want to hear that because i yeah. want to be influenced so i listen i listen to a little news talk from somewhere else not that i need to hear more news talk but it just takes i've played all of this right yeah every morning i play it give me something else yeah, yeah. well so you've been in kansas city a long time you're mm -hmm. very well connected mm -hmm. uh you and i both know brian busby Dear, dear friend, can I tell my Brian Busby yes. story? <laughs> he didn't beat me too. He, he didn't in his podcast. He didn't bring me up. No, I haven't he, heard Brian he, yet. He yeah. Brian was a groomsman at my wedding, okay. uh, you which you should have officiated. Looking back, <laughs> didn't know you then. Now Brian uh, and I were covering the. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Ivan Browning, who predicted the New Madrid fault would go in 19. 90, 
ish, maybe 91, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's all fuzzy. I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast. Right. <laughs> and, and so, uh, we were both there. Fascinating story. Uh, and, and love Brian's one of my favorite people and, and he's, yeah. he's, oh, he's a neat man. Uh, fascinating guy and just love him. And <laughs> we were all have, this is before cell phone coverage down there. This is early nineties. So media, I mean, New York, LA, Chicago, some guy in a cape from a radio station in Washington, DC is flying around talking to people. It was silly, just silly stuff. It was a media, <laughs> just horrible. And, and yet it was fun. And, but there was one payphone in the middle of a field and we were all having to share this payphone. So, you know, media people are, I need the phone now. I need it yesterday. Da, da, da. So we all stood in line. And as I'm going, as my turn, uh, the guy walking back toward me, I'm like, wait a minute, are you? Are you Brian Busby? And of course, you know, Brian, why, well, yes, I am. Yes. Can you see my ears? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I, and it just so happened. I said, I'm Kelly Urich. Oh, Kelly, I listen to you every night. And, and it was a mutual respect. And there was something where I had started with, um, oh, it was the beginning of 60 Minutes. I'm, and at the time, I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Orly Safer. I'm Harry Reasoner. I'm Ed Bradley. I'm Diane Sawyer. And I'd come on and say, I'm Kelly Urich. He thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and still quotes it to this day. And uh, we've been best friends ever since. Traveled yeah. with Brian, done it all, man. He's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, as you know, you know, Brian likes to be recognized out in, out in public. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't say that's a bad thing. He just does. <laughs> so because of knowing that yeah. and recognizing that anytime we would go out, you know, he would always, every time we would go to lunch, he would, right. you know, Brian, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I <laughs> called ahead to yeah. the restaurant we were coming to, and I said, hey, listen, I'm bringing Brian Busby in for lunch. I don't want anyone to recognize him. I want everybody to recognize me. <laughs> and so, you know, we get there, and nobody is saying anything to Brian, not even looking at him crossways. <laughs> but everybody kept going, oh, my God, are you Timmy Gibson? Oh, my gosh. I... <laughs> and Brian literally, this happened several times, oh, that's to awesome. where Brian leaned over to me and goes, what is going on? That's hilarious. B, why didn't I think of that? And, you know, everywhere he goes in town, it, you know, if you plan, put it this way, I've learned, I, we've had enough dinners together over the years. You know, I, I always sit in the back corner with Brian facing me and away from everyone else. Yes. And, and he'll bring his cap sometimes if he wants a private conversation or yes. Brian wants to be Brian. You know, we flew back from LA together one time and, and had a, a Vegas layover. And I bet there are 50 people in Las Vegas. Brian Busby, love you, man. Love your weather. Or what's wrong with that forecast? Like, yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> and I love what Brian says. It's like throwing a leaf into a stream. You predict exactly where that leaf is going to be 50 yards down the road and then come in and, and sit in my shoes for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, that, that technology has gotten better. And it better actually better. has gotten they're, better. They're, they're you know, I, you, I've been very impressed that when they say rain's coming. Yep or snow or anything it's like mm, it's yeah. it's going to happen and, and they're pretty good at telling you we're either here here or here and and it's yeah. going to be in one of these so yeah it's yeah. either going to be one <laughs> to, to 12 inches yeah somewhere <laughs> I, I can't predict anything in my life to that accuracy so, right yeah, yeah me yeah. either <laughs> well uh i really um have some other questions just because of my particular journey um over the last several years has been in a very fascinating journey to to you're one of the most least. fascinating guys I've ever met, by the way. If oh, I haven't really? told, no, no, no. I find you to be, you know, life is a journey. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you is you're always up front with, this is my journey and this is where I am now. And this is going to, that's that leaf we're talking about, yes. right? I don't know where it's going, but I'm going to be there, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway. I'm yeah, it's been a fun journey. And it's funny you said that. I have several friends that say that. They say, you're a very interesting person and you, very, mm. you live your experience, you know, publicly. Yeah. And uh, one of the big, turning points in my life is, you know, I, I left the evangelical Christian mm -hmm. world. I'm no longer, no longer an evangelical Christian. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I haven't gone to the, to the dark side, so to speak. I'm not <laughs> atheist. You know, I'm still, I would still consider myself a spiritual, you know, I believe mm -hmm. that there's a God, there seems to be some kind of an intelligent design ish seems, but also, you know, I went from a creationist to more of an evolution ish now, you know, mm -hmm. I believe in evolution and and, and for me, I, I had someone just ask me this the other day. They said, what, what led you down this path? I said, well, I said, it's almost like uh, only way I can, I say this all the time. The only way I can put it into words, it's like, I once believed the earth was flat and someone showed me pictures and videos to confirm. Otherwise it was like evidence 
was conflicting with what I thought I knew, you know, 6,000 year old earth, Adam and Eve were the first two humans, right. Noah built an ark, you know, Jonah was swallowed by a fish, like all that bullshit. I'm like, that's actually not, those are myths. You know, those, those aren't actually factually true. There are stories to get a point across, which, yes. we, yeah, which we yes. understand. Right. Right. And so I, I still value, and I still think those are great stories. I still believe that Jesus existed. I mean, there are certain things I still hold dear, but I, I definitely don't think that only Christians are, I don't even know if I believe in heaven, but let's just assume for a minute that it, right. there is a heaven. I don't believe that only Christians are going and all the Hindus and Buddhists and everybody else is going to hell. That just is completely ridiculous. Yeah, well, and, and uh, to that point, uh, I, th I found people with just some belief and everyone has a different, you can't tell every person what to believe and how to feel. They're going to believe what they believe. They're going to feel how they feel. No. But the people who do, do believe in a, in a higher calling and or we're a part of a greater existence, there's something greater than ourselves. No. And that could be with a, a sense of community or that could be uh, on a spiritual realm. There's a, a bunch of different avenues you can go there. Those people are happier. Those people have dealt with this pandemic a lot better than people who have no hope, no belief, no, no. I'm a part of, of, of something and I have a responsibility here. I have a calling. Yes. I do believe I have a path. I don't know what that path is and I can only control what I can control. And I honestly, there are some days when I feel like I've got this and then 10 minutes later, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. Yeah. I think we're all in that boat and especially the past couple of years, you know? Yes. And, and so, so to that, you know, I've had spiritually, I was raised sort of like you small town, Southern Baptist meets Methodist and, you know, baptized in the, in the black river and, and, you know, the people I hold dear and trust with my life are those people. That, right. like, and those people are very, very, very special to me. And I, and, and that will never change. Um, fa fast forward to a couple of bad experiences I had, and I'll use one as an example at a wedding. And this turned me off to the church for a long time. Uh, uh, our promotions director uh, at a radio station I work for in Phoenix, Arizona, got married. Lovely gentleman. He and his wife are just some of the best people on earth, period, right? And they said, please come down and, and at least attend our wedding. So my flight comes in late. Uh, the music director picks me up. We sit in the back corner of this giant Roman Catholic church. I dated a Catholic back in those days. I knew a little bit, but I never never really took communion with her. Sure. <laughs> and stop me if you've heard this story. I don't know if I've ever told this story to you, but we were at, in the back corner of the church and they started doing communion. Well, there was never a if you're not Catholic, please don't be a part of this. And it was a very strict Roman Catholic church. So I look at Julie and I said, you know, where I was raised at Methodist, we'd go, we get our pinch of bread, come back, drink our grape juice, take a bread. And you know, that was, that was that. And that's the way we did it. I said, just kind of do what we do. So <laughs> we walked up, she heard the gentleman in front of her, she was very soft-spoken. So I didn't hear what she said, but she did the, you take the wafer and the, the blast and you, and then he places it on the tongue or whatever. And then you go on and she did the gobble of wine. Well, I didn't know, Hey, I'm a germ freak. So I don't know where that wafer has been and all this stuff. Right. So I just took it from him and I, I didn't know what to say. So I said, well, thank you, sir. Trying to be kind. Right. And at that point I'm thinking, all right, I, in a Methodist church, we would take this back to the pew and we'd all take this in unison, right? Um, don't want to make a scene, but not really fully thinking about what I'm doing with the body of Christ. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> True story. No, no, no. And, and the goblet of wine. I'm like, no, thank you. So as, I, as I'm walking back to my pew, I've got my wafer out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this my way. <laughs> as I'm going to sit down, I mean, 20 yards away from me, here comes this priest yelling at the top of it and there are like 200 300 people at this wedding it's a giant wedding oh my are you catholic and by this time i have the body of christ in my you know out of my pocket and he comes and gets right in my face and it's that second and it's a moment in church when something awkward happens and you hear that whoosh of everyone turning yes. including the entire wedding party up on stage whoosh and they're looking at me and he gets right in my face he says Give me that. You should not have taken communion with veins sticking out of his head, his bald, beady head. And my first thought was, this is embarrassing. I was not trying to make a scene. You're kind of making a scene. Or you could just pull me aside and say, listen, if you're not Catholic, maybe let's not do this. Right, right. He had every opportunity to do that. 
Instead, it was this big scene of this guy yelling at me and uh, he took the wafer from me, walked back to the pew. And, and I, all I could offer up was my, my, my best Clint Eastwood, well, excuse me, I didn't know what to say. And I was mad and I was angry and I was embarrassed. And he walked back. And then at the end of this church service, you know, of course, everyone around me like, Yurik, what did you do? Bear, one of our sales guys down there, I said, you know, I said, I, I, I was doing it Methodist style. You know, he says, all right, you screwed up. He said, but that guy, Jack Wagon, should never have done that. Yeah. And it really turned me off the, to the church. Not nothing that was planned, nothing intended. It's just what happened. Come to find out the guy was excommunicated from the church uh, a few months later. Yeah. And so I have that effect on Catholic priests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it makes you question what is what is ritual um what is actually spiritual and what is what is you know and i'm not going to make fun of anyone's faith and i'm certainly sure. not trying to do that here but it was it was a big deal in my life and and i i got symbolism and i've got substance and i felt like the symbolism blew past any substance and i lost a little bit of my soul in that and that's yeah. bad right yeah. so that can have a you know words actions mean things especially in that setting and um I got a, an apology letter from the bride and groom about that whole situation months later, by the way. And you know what? Uh, I would do anything for them, you know, to this day. But it was just this one of those learning experiences. And that's where you break down is, you know, he's not a symbol of the Catholic Church. Right. He is a, a former figure of that church. But, uh, you know, hopefully they can weed out some of that stuff from ever happening again. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's when you're playing with souls and faith, little things go a long way. That And that set me back. And I'm just now to a point where I'm comfortable in, in a little spiritual or faith talk, especially having kids yeah. and seeing my kids go like kids. It's different being a kid these days, you know? Yeah. And um, you got to, if you're not a part of something bigger or greater than yourself, then they're all falling apart right now. Yeah. And, you're, and you're seeing it. So. Yeah. Well, and you and your family used to attend the church that I was pastoring for, for yes. years. Yeah. 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 For years. And, uh, does Hillary come from a, a religious background at all? Um, she, she, her family is, uh, Episcopal cause her dad is from, uh, London and her mom's from British Columbia. So she goes to a church nearby. She was raised at St. Andrews in Brookside, right down the street. It was a beautiful church, oh, by the beautiful. way. Yeah. And, um, so that is, that is kind of her background. She's Hillary's a super deep spiritual, well thought through, well read. I'm a cliff notes guy. You know me. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I can fake my way through it. Um, you know, with Hillary, her background is physics. And so typically if she gives you an answer, uh, it will not just be something that came to mind. She will have researched the, the heck out of it. And to this sure. day, the, uh, there's no one I respect or admire more than my sure. wife. So, so how, what, what's been your journey in the sense of, of, you know, you talk about faith, um, are you, do you believe in evolution? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously there's, obviously there is, there is evolution and, and there's, that's irrefutable. I think that is the science, right? right. Are you with me there? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that there's a way for, for religion, I hate to use the word religion, but a, a spiritual realm and evolution to work together. Uh, and I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't there when it was planned. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the blueprint all I know is I want to feel like I'm a part of both. Right? Yes. <laughs> I know I'm a part of one. I want yeah. to feel like I'm the part of the other. And I think that's where the world, you know, hopefully most people on the planet are. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't know because one thing we've learned again, the past couple of years is science is constantly evolving. So when you get an answer from science that might change five days or five minutes from now. Right. So, um, yeah, as as we get deeper and deeper, you know, it, it's the the more you know, the the less you realize you know, yeah. and and I think that's where we all are. Well, remember when remember when they had determined that it was best to only eat the whites of of the egg, egg right? You know, oh, and yeah. and now we know that's complete bullshit. Like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. best to eat the whole egg. You know that you need the yolk too, and but it's like like you said, science is it's a method. I think is what they say. It's a it's a constant. Yeah. You're constantly discovering, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And it's the egg. It's coffee. It's good for you. It's bad for you. It's good for you. It's bad for you. Coffee's <laughs> going to kill you. Coffee's the best thing ever. It's going to save your heart. I, all I know is I like my eggs scrambled. I like my coffee. <laughs> like I like my women. Uh, weak and with the wrong name on the outside. <laughs> no, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's an old joke. <laughs>
Yeah, I like my coffee. <laughs> like That's I like my joke. women. I didn't write that. I swear. Oh, uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say. I like. Wait, what's he gonna say here? <laughs> the look on your face was like, what the hell? Because <laughs> I know what Hillary looks like. Oh my goodness! You how many? How, how many kids you got? I have two adorable girls, and uh, one is at home going through college and trying to figure out her life like the rest of us, and the other was an exchange student in British Columbia, and oh. that's where Hillary's family, half of the family, is. And, and uh, during COVID, so that was tough, you know. And and the, but the classes were still in pods up there, and she's a she's like me; she's a people person. I got to be around people, so yeah. we sent her up to be in a pod and hang out with, and she loved the school, loved the people there. And then the hockey players went out and they all got COVID and brought it back to the high school. And, I shut it down. <laughs> and he said, dad, mom, dad, come get me up. And, and, and so we did the border exchange, which was awkward. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny as, you know, back to the, the farm living life that I had as a child. Uh, you know, my parents didn't travel. Um, mom and dad took me to Alabama once when I was, um, Gosh, I was like in high school and that was, I'd never seen the ocean until I drove myself to, to the ocean when I was like 18 or 19 with one of my best friends. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, so I always, people always say, you know, to ask about my wife, you know, I say my wife got her physics degree with a 4.0. I'm from Butler County, Missouri, and I hand out bumper stickers for a living and somehow it works, <laughs> but no. So we have, we, we have, we spent a lot of time in British. How did you guys meet? It's a long, that's a long story, but at a live appearance and we were friends for a long time and uh, at the edge of hell, I like to tell that we met at the edge of hell and it just went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she, she's like, she is the center of my everything. And, and oh. I feel so, so blessed to, to even know her. And, and so all of a sudden I go from Butler County on a tractor to visiting her family in Canada and, and going to see her family in, in England, you know, and she has yeah. really opened that. And that's a spiritual thing too. You know, once you realize the world is not this little bubble, it changes you. And, and there are so many caught in there, so many people caught in their little bubbles right now in so many different ways. And not to get deep on that, but it's sure. like, she has really opened up my life and, and the way I view just the world. And I, and that's, that's my passion now is I love Kansas city, but I like to get out and do stuff. Me and, too. And we talked about Jamaica and, and, uh, I'm just going to segue into my Jamaica story, but for our 20th anniversary, uh, a couple of years back, she said, I was going to take her to Las Vegas. She's never been to Vegas. I said, well, you got to go. You can just do it once. Yeah, you got to experience it once. Yeah. And she says, well, for less money, we could go to Jamaica and stay on the beach and then stay up in the mountains. And I didn't know, like, I thought Jamaica was flat, like Florida, like right. there are mountains there. And I'm a mountain guy, you know, right. uh, you're not in the mountains. The mountains are in you. That's one of my favorite sayings. And, so sure enough, we go down to, uh, to Jamaica and we're not really beach people, but we spent part of our time on the beach. And then she found this little mom and pop Airbnb in the mountains of Jamaica. And you pull in a couple of white people from, you know, limited in Johnson County now. And we're like, Whoa, where are we? Do we belong here? And then within 20 seconds of being there, Mel, who owns Mel's botanical retreat, I'm in. And my, I remember my wife were walking down the, the mountain to the, to the little cabin. She says, how do you feel about this? I said, I think I like this a lot. And I've been back eight times oh, That's awesome. and we're building a cabin there. And there's a lot to that story. And, and unfortunately we lost Mel to COVID oh. over last summer. Yeah. So it was, um, that was a tough, tough, tough time. And one of the, this has affected all of us. She's been the loss that I just can't get, can't get her voice out of my head. Yeah. Family goes on, as I say in Jamaica, life go on, you know, and, yeah. and uh, so we're trying to figure out what, what the future is there, but her daughter Kiara is part of our family. And anyway, that's a uh, uh, get out and, and, and explore, get out of your bubble. Try to get yeah, how out has the, how has the, the pandemic affected you? I mean, back, you know, March of 2020, right? Lockdowns. What, what was going on in your mind? Um, two weeks and we'll be back two weeks. And this is over. I think we were all saying that, yeah. right? There was a Marvin, the truck driver, called our radio station uh, right our last day before they kicked us out. And I'm fortunate to have you been there, the home studio. I got yep. a nice little home studio. And uh, Marvin, the truck driver, called 94.9. He says, you know what? We'll all be fine with our 94.9. And we just kept playing that <laughs> over and over and over because that was our mantra to get us realized. Yeah. And, dude, we didn't go back until October of this year. We were in the basement studio. Yeah. And had our 
had our best ratings we've ever had from the basement of my house, which is bizarre. And that's a studio set up for me. So I sure. can like I can make that thing hum. Yeah. And I'll take you like, the new studios out at, at Corporate Woods are really nice. But okay. it was Oh, you moved out to Corporate Woods? Yeah, we're at a fancy place now. But it, the doing a show, what I have the phone lines, people can call in. So I can that put me way ahead of the game because making phones come in and you know, just having the line set up that saved us. Um, also, Mackenzie would be in her basement in Prairie Village. So she would feed through, but her voice, she would say it, and her voice would feed through to me like a second later. So it's like that horrible CNN interview where someone's in Tel Aviv and they're here, they're yeah. and you can't yeah. get the and you can't get the timing. You can't right. get the rhythm. So we learned like a lot of the stuff with callers, especially we'd have to record, and I would call it a voice slip. And it was just a lot of work. And I would come, I would get out of there every morning at 10 a.m. just shaking. Like I can't, I can't keep this going, you know. And it was hard. I mean, I think we all hit at some point, we all hit this mental, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And when you're in front, you know, talk to half a million people, <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a big brick wall to hit, you know. And so um there were there were a couple of rough bumps in there. And she was on in her little island over there. This is back to the bubble thing we keep talking yeah. about. I'm in my little bubble, and it's easy to get paranoid because you don't know what's really happening out there. And we we picked up a producer named Jay, Jay Powers. God love him. Love you, Jay. And he was the rock that was back in the studio. He says, no, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. And you guys figure this out, and here's how it goes. And having the right person, sometimes the conductor can make or break the symphony and he was our conductor putting it all the pieces together so that's awesome that was this kind of the savior for us on the on the radio realm but our audience died um not literally died but <laughs> like like the 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 cumulative audience dropped because like you were saying people listen in their cars to morning drive yeah and so, they're working from home now right yeah, so yeah. people everyone's working from home but when the audience started coming back then we we jumped back up on top and so that's awesome and you're on air from what time to what time five until 10 a.m monday through friday i'm a night owl it's torture just getting up at three o'clock every morning <laughs> but i do it for my people <laughs> <laughs> even though you're not listening to me gibson <laughs> and you know what's crazy the, the only time i've ever that's i only listen to you like if I'm gonna listen to the radio, I want especially morning show. Yeah, you were only the you were the only person I would listen to. We are we're not too terribly full of ourselves in that we don't talk all morning. Like every once in a while, we will get on a conversation and we'll have. We don't do a lot of interviews. Um, we just kind of do our thing and we do it quickly and we play a lot of music. We yeah. do our thing, we do it quickly, play a lot of music, and and you know we I get paid to have fun. Like yeah. and, and sometimes I have to pinch myself as frantic as it is and and it is a hectic job like it's one it's one of the higher rates of suicide of, of any industry oh, uh, really? oh yeah media and radio in, in particular and and yet if you can figure it out and kind of navigate your way through some of the bs you were talking about earlier eh, I, I get paid to tell jokes and talk to people that i love and play music yeah, and, yeah yeah and look at you studio set up yeah. looking at the country club plaza dude uh. moving on up i love it <laughs> Well, I learned from you. Yeah, well, can I put my clothes on again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, well, as soon as we get done, I'll let you get dressed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, are, do you guys attend church now? You know, she does. Uh, I go occasionally, and that's kind of where, where does she you know? go. She goes. That's okay to mention. No, it's Episcopal Church out in Shawnee. So, uh, and and I'll leave it at that. But she's she's um, a member of the choir. She loves to sing. She's very good. I have a daughter who's an amazing singer as well. And the, but. You know, went to the church service. I do miss the church service, right? I was I'm looking at the building right out the window here from the the, the country club plaza service you used yeah. to do. So I love I love the ritual. I feel I'm I'm more balanced. I, I'm I'm more grounded, I guess, if if I have some sort of ritual yeah. going on. But again, you know, I was raised more of a Methodist. It's, it's bizarre to me to go to some of the services where it's more the ritual happens and it's calisthenics yeah, more to a liturgical. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I'm used to being yelled at at some point, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's gonna say something at some point and he's gonna, yeah. gonna pay attention. And so that's what, not that I, I can't find that here, but I, I've, I take, a, I'm still trying to figure out my place. There. Yeah. And I think we're, and yeah. even with my, my particular, um, you know, whatever i am agnostic christian i don't know but uh you know i attend methodist church i go to a methodist church downtown and uh I, which is just odd that i go i mean i i struggle listening you know there's certain things that are said that 
you know, I, I just like in myself, I'm just shaking my head going, that's, that's not true. You can, there's, you can be happy and not be a, a devoted Christian follower of Jesus. I know lots of people who have great, fulfilling, wonderful lives and they're not going to church. So, you know, I struggle when they, there's certain specific statements that are made that I just, you know, it just like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Kind of, it's like the earth is flat. And you're like, wait, we have pictures. <laughs> That's actually not true. Yeah, two words, judge not, right? right? Judge not. Everyone's judging. Everyone's shaming. Like yes. I can't take it anymore. I like, and it's something we try to do and, and on the radio and we have avoided politics. And I think you'll relate to this too. And this is where, this is a blessing and a curse. I am really, really close to some really conservative, hardcore, principled conservative people. Yeah. They're family, they're friends, they're neighbors. There's the, and then I'm also very, very close and drawn to people who live this very liberal lifestyle. And we've spent time on Martha's Vineyard, you know, stuff like that. Yes. That is hard that as a child I could never imagine. And I love the fact that there are two worlds and I can't stand the fact they can't figure it out. And at some point we got to change that. Right. And so yeah. you now I don't know what the answer is, but we've just been very careful to be respectful of everyone who calls either calls the show. And if somebody goes off on a tangent about vaxxing and anti-vaxxing, I'm going to, I was, I was not anti-vaxxer. I was pro. I do want a little more information before I get a vaccine. Right. I think most people were there, right? Yes. I was not ready to jump in and just get a shot. <laughs> and so I waited a little bit, but then I, I jumped in and did it. And then the whole Mel thing in Jamaica really, I mean, that brought it, uh, that brought it home for me as well. But before that, I, I, <laughs> we have to get immunized to get up to Canada. So that's another thing too, but it's sure. like, you know, I'm not going to judge anyone for, for pro or anti anything, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, uh, oh, it's just, it's just, and something I'd encourage you to do, uh, if you want to do a deep dive, because a lot of my job is sociology, it's, it's finding how the masses relate a little bit of it's brainwashing, you know, yeah. but, but not to the extent it's being done on the internet now. Yeah. I think we throw stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. Right. Now you're throwing stuff at the internet and they know what the next stuff is that you want to throw and, and they're going to throw All it at you before you even, yes. yes. So, uh, you know, you probably watched um, social dilemma. Social dilemma is a big one. If you want to deep dive, there's one on a PBS app and it's called uh, hacking your mind. I think it's like a six parts here, hacking your mind wow. and it gets into confirmation bias. It's all about yes. bias. And if we don't get past the bias stuff, the, this is this country's not going to last, right? It's yeah. this is a turning point. Yeah, and the internet has made uh, hatred so quick and a button click, and so not personal. Yeah. And I, I think if if I have a mantra, and I think or if I have a calling right now, is trying to figure out how to to bring people together. There's something there's something we can all agree on. Yeah, let's start there, and then we'll work our way out. But sure. But uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a frustrating thing because we have sometimes in your home basement studio where you have people calling in screaming about this and you said this and no, you didn't say that. And why didn't you say this? And it's like, it's been a tough, that part of it's been tough. Yeah. I didn't want to get into politics. No, 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 no. I'm glad you yeah. did because I think, you know, one of the th reasons I, th I think you and I get along so well is, is I'm, you know, I'm a moderate, you know, I don't, I don't, I have friends that voted right. I have friends that voted left and I don't give a shit who you voted for, right. you know, and I don't judge people based upon exactly. Oh, if you voted for so-and-so <laughs> you're not my friend. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that is so ignorant and, and lacking in intelligence yeah. to have such a divisive view. So polarizing that if you didn't vote for who I voted for, you're a racist or you're a socialist or you're, it's like, really? Like, really? So, like, if I voted for so-and-so, I'm automatically, I'm a socialist? How does that even make sense? No. no you know? I, I'm I'm a firm believer that there will be a new party, and it's going to be the, uh, <laughs> the extreme moderates, or, or you call it the, the bipartisan party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, people who start in the middle and say, all right, we'll branch out, but let's take care of the middle stuff first. That's not getting taken care of. And, yeah. and I don't know who's going to start it, but... We got to have a leader who unites people and doesn't divide. And I'm not seeing that. I'm yeah. just not seeing that. And, and that's, it's dangerous stuff right now. Well, the, I think the, the thing that I found so fascinating and it was specifically during the Kyle Rittenhouse um, deal, I would watch CNN and then I'd watch Fox and 
it was like I was watching two different Worlds. confirmation yeah. biases. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I was clearly hearing on you know on this side he's a patriot, and on this side he's a a, a anti uh, pro communist you know, pro the exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a racist. He's you know yeah. he's a whatever. He's b- white supremacist. I'm like right. What? <laughs> Let me take you behind the curtain a little bit from the media's point of view on this. Is I have a real problem with media. No, no, no. I, I do too. The confirmation bias works because you, when you group people together, and that just turns into a snowball, and it's all about the people, echo chamber. It's a, it's about getting people to come back, and it's about time spent watching, and it's uh, time spent listening, and all this stuff. You get into, into the terms, um, and radio and television. They they do research to an extent, but we don't have every button you click. We don't know what amount of time you spend on this photo, right? We don't know what you're, so we can't say what your next move is going to be. We, we Like I said, we can throw it against the wall. And, and now things have changed where we have been trained, you know, um, it, it's, it's uh, confirmation bias is not necessarily what they would use, but it, it's, um, what's the, the term I'm looking for, where you, you have conflict and we call it healthy conflict in my business. Healthy conflict, you let people kind of play it out and then you, tie it up with a bow tie at the end and you move on to the next topic, right. you bring people together. Well, now it's unending. And, and if you watch this network, they, all they do is spend their time bashing the left or the right. And then the other network, same thing. All they're gonna, well, there's no fact there. This is just your opinion. I don't care about your opinion. Give me the facts. I'll have my own opinion. And that's making the place nutty. <laughs> it's like, yes. everyone's crazy right now. And that's got to stop. Yeah. But it drives ratings. Can you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. so if, if this group of people are my people, and I keep talking this talk, I'm going to drive the ratings. It's a ra- It's money at the end of the day. And well, that's, that's sad because I, I remember hearing this as a, as, a, as a fact that that CNN's greatest revenue was Trump. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He and, drove that. And yeah. when he got out of the office, they dropped by like, I forget, it was some pretty large number, <laughs> you know, yeah. like 30%. I, I would not, and I don't know all the numbers behind that, but I would I would be willing to bet that the more time he gets on television, the, the better ratings go for all of the above. Yeah. And without making a judgment on one side or the other, I just, that's the fact. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is now, but I hope there's somebody out there that unites us because the division's out of control. So I was, that's, I was curious, this, I'm, I'm actually very glad we're kind of going down this path because I'm, I'm very big into studying, you know, mm-hmm. sociological stuff, psychological stuff, the confirmation bias, echo chambers, you know, belief systems and, you know, how you were raised and all the different things. I, I'm so fascinated by that, specifically because of my journey coming mm-hmm. from a, an evangelical Christian that believed in the literal Bible to, to now to not believe that at all like right. that. And, and yet it's been, it wasn't an overnight. I didn't just, you know, I didn't go to sleep one day and then wake up the next day and was different. It was just a progressive slowly, but surely as I ex- had more experiences traveled, I went to Europe and spent three weeks over there. Right. Um, you know, I was actually in Paris 12 hours after the, the church burned the Notre Dame fire. Oh, yeah. And you know, like, so I have, I've been in that world and now to be in this other world, it's just fascinating. And then traveling to the new England States, spending time, uh, I didn't get to go to Martha's vineyard, um, but I was in, you know, Bar Harbor, Maine and right. Massachusetts and Portland and Vermont and, and Providence, Providence, uh, anyway, Providence, just, Rhode yeah, Providence, Rhode <laughs> Island. And just my eyes just became more open to like, whoa, there's other strains of thought out there. Yeah. Like what I thought I knew is just what I thought I knew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fascinating to me when you, when you try, we did a 13 country tour of Europe in 2017 and it was fast. This was back when the politics was just really getting you know pretty dicey over here. And there's a lot of you know conflict everywhere. And, and it was fascinating to, I would go to every bar and hang out with the college students and drink, and drink wine. That was just my thing, you know, and I yeah. enjoy Cause that's where, that's where you meet people and find out ideas. And they were not, there was not a lot of opinion. It was fascination. And, and they were wanting to know, how do you feel about this? And how, what do you think about that? And like again, healthy conversations, yeah, healthy conversations and, and stuff that moderates like you and I can have today. Right. Yeah. With, and, and on either side. And um, so, but there, there are a couple of, I know you love to read. There's a, there's a bit, I like to read, I like to read kind of not, way out here or way out there, but moderate type Ben Sass. And I can't remember the name of the book that I just read. And there's another one called think again. I think it's a grant Adam is Adam grant. Um, 
And that's an excellent read. It's it's a way of, of approaching everything, no matter how deeply biased you are. Maybe think about this from someone else's point of view. Think again. I'll, I'll give you a copy of that book. And, yeah. Uh, check that out. You'd love yeah, it. I'd love to. Yeah. So did you see a distinct change even before COVID? Like, because like you, you've said, it's you know crazy out there, which I 100% agree. Did you see it turning beforehand? I mean, did it start with Trump? You know, at what point did you start seeing in in your world that, man, media is getting further and further separated, and they're not like you said, they're not re they're not giving. Give me the fucking facts. It's like, tell me the story. <laughs> You're an angry young man. Yes, it's a stick song. <laughs> hey, the future looks quite bright to me. No, the the um. Here's what I think. I think when the algorithm in 2010 got uh, got into our heads and they figured out where we were going next. I blame Facebook. I blame us. I mean, we're all to blame, right? Right. But, but we bought into the Zuckerberg and once they got the algorithm figured out and they said, Oh, if we cram this group of people over here and this group of people over here and we make money off of that, that's where things started going batshit crazy. And that's where oh. we are right now. And you could also draw a line with, and this is as a dad of two girls, one's a, you know, a, a teenager and right in the middle of her teens at, at 20, 10 2011 because facebook when it first started it was like it was you can post what you want and it would just pick up its own thing and right i remember posting something that had, had a million click-throughs and likes and i'm like oh no 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 and then they got the algorithm figured out and they got that and then it got a little more dicey like whoa what is going on and then you kind of saw it happening but it didn't happen overnight so we all got duped into that um but about 2010, 2011, and that goes back to, to that TV show is is uh, social dilemma. At that point, teen suicides went from about a regular trajectory over the years, over the years, over the years to boom, 150, 200% increase since then. So it social media has been a problem. And I, yeah. I mean, a lot of factors involved. And then you fast forward to some of the stuff that's happened. How about this? How about Nobody riots to kill people. There's there's something in the Constitution, <laughs> yeah. uh, right, right? To assembly, peaceful assembly. That's awesome. You can yeah. peacefully assemble any right here in the Country Club Plaza. Knock yourself out. Don't riot. Don't if you riot to the point where you're killing people, and that goes for the left, that goes for the right. No, that's yes, wrong. That's right. taking it too right. far. Or damaging it, property. Or, yeah, that's all wrong. And and so everyone, it's not just one side or the other. Everyone needs to know. Don't riot to the point where you're going to kill someone that has gotten out of hand and all sides are doing it. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. Do you think there is a, how can we fix this? That, you know, and I'm not that you maybe are going to here's here's how it's going to happen to me, but <laughs> what do you see is a fix? You know, I limit my, I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, I, I jokingly say I put out on Facebook. I don't engage. I, I, I got to a point where I, I just don't, I don't engage. I've had people even call me and go, dude, did you see that comment on your thing? You know, and I'm like, no, no I don't, you I don't, I don't it, give right? a shit yeah, what right, people right. think about me. I don't watch and read and I don't care. You're, you're frozen. You let it go. I do. Let I'm just go. right. You know, it's <laughs> like, I put it out there and watch it. Don't watch it. I don't care. That's just it. And that's been the healthiest thing I've ever done yeah. to, to, cause I did, I used to get in on it yeah. and get in on those discussions and someone would say this and I'd say this and run, blah, 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 and I thought this is literally ridiculous. Some people have the knack of getting under your skin and you have learning how to ignore those people, uh, that, Trolls. that, oh man. Uh, the, but back to your answer is, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if the left is capable of fixing this. I don't know if the right is capable of fixing this. I like to think there there will be a uh, bipartisan party, a, a common sense a third, party, a common yeah. sense party that comes in and says, "Listen, this ain't working, folks. We got to try something different." I like the idea of, and I don't know if this is my idea, but I've been kicking this around uh, of the government exists because government's botched. Government can do good, and they can they've proven they can botch the hell out of a lot of stuff too. Yeah, How about the government exists to. <laughs> This is going to serve say, the people, maybe? To, no, well, to to serve, huh, this is going to sound, some people will hate this, serve businesses to promote incentives to make businesses, to, to incentivize the businesses to, to help people. Yeah. So the business, like, I'll use uh, American Century. They best place to work in Kansas City. They've won that award, uh, HNTB downtown. What do they do? They're taking care of their employees. Yeah. They're, they're taking care of the health care. They're, they're taking care of child care. 
the dental, all that stuff is taken care of and a work-life balance that kind of works, right? Yeah. And then well, why doesn't the government help those companies? And then you incentivize a tier where you've got Amazon up here and you got Christie's Tasty Queen and Town Topic Hamburgers down here. Yeah. And it's a tiered system where the government's helping that out rather than, because what we're doing ain't working. And I, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. Right, right, right. But that's this the kind of the overview. And I think the government uh, could exist to... <laughs> Maybe the government business of just helping everybody out and taking care of everyone isn't working. Why don't we try to, what works here? Capitalism does work, yes, but it, it does. but it's but it's also very uh, you know it's it's a little full of itself and and quite frankly a little bit greedy. Yeah. All right, a lot greedy. How about we incentivize the companies that take care of the people? Yeah, that might be a different angle because what we're doing ain't working. I love that. I love that view. And and you know when it comes to the idea of. I had someone mention this to me and I thought it was fascinating. They said, you know, isn't it wild? We're the only people that have to pay for our existence. Squirrels don't pay to live here. <laughs> you know, no, no animal. They don't pay to live here. Right. It's part of being right. And we're just an elevated animal. We're, we're just, yeah. you know, we're humans, but it's, it's, and you're it's, more of an animal than most. Right? <laughs> I just, say that, just looking at you this morning as I'm sitting here with no clothing. So I feel like I can say that to you eye to eye. <laughs> um, I, I find that, that, yeah, the system that clearly the systems are, are, are messed up, you know, and, and, and it, and I think every human has the right to 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 be housed and to yeah. be fed and to have a job. Agreed. And and I've also this is what you know makes me lean left. You know when we talk about you know if you work 50, 60 hours a week and and you're you're not exorbitant, you're not living crazy. That your income. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're flipping burgers. I don't care if you're working re a cash register. I don't care if you're stocking the groceries. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing. If you're working full time uh, as an adult, now teenagers, I feel different, but if you're an adult and you're working, you should be able to support yourself yeah. to live this life right. uh, and not have seven or eight jobs working 200 hours a week. Exactly. That just doesn't even make sense. That's not yeah. even human. Like this isn't even what it should be. And not all, we're not going to live the Kardashian lifestyle and, and right. nor, would, nor would you want to, No. nor would you want to, <laughs> right? <laughs> But but I, I agree. Uh, I do agree. And 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 uh, to, to the extent that the government can fix that or can the corporations fix that with a little help from the government? Yeah, I, I actually think. Yeah, I really like that idea. Right. I like that. Let idea me because, work on that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. Look, I, I because I'm as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm a business owner yeah. and, and and I still run and operate a 501c3 uh, that we, which, you know, my wedding business and what I do here in Kansas City. And oh, I think you're um, talking about running drugs. You're not doing that no, anymore. I stopped doing oh, okay, all that. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Once COVID was done, I was like, how do you have? My gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot. Well, and, and my, all of my businesses got, were impacted, you know, directly in a, oh, yeah. in a Dude, big way, you know, wedding. I, I know. Yeah. I see the wedding photos and, and I've seen some of the things you've done and I saw you in, in, in front of uh, Notre Dame and, and that's, I mean, that's, you know, you've, you've been there, done that, but it's like, this has been tough. Like, and, and, a, and another friend of mine, a dear friend, Rich Linden, um, you know, all he does is PA announcing at different events around town. You'll see him down at uh, Kemper or whatever it's called, the Hybe yeah. Arena, and he does events in Las Vegas. He says, yeah, it, just, it came to a screeching halt. It's nice to see it coming back. There's a way to do this. You can be smart about it and still keep these businesses alive. And, and we've done it with, sort of done it with restaurants, yeah. I think. Well, Kelly, uh, before we go, mm -hmm. since you're a Kansas City person. Yeah. I want you to share with everyone your favorite burger joint because <laughs> you mentioned the town topic, which is one of my uh, favorite all time burgers. Yeah. But, but I know that you're really, you know, well connected and, and know the restaurants here in Kansas city. So, so I, I what's Kelly Urich's top, you know, if you can't give me your top one, your top three, and then we're going to talk barbecue too, before we go, but top three hamburger i've always been a westport flea market guy okay and that, with that mcgonagall's meat you know <laughs> and, and i know that and i think mcgonagall's has kind of changed he, uh, uh uh joe down there i think joe joe actually bought out the mcgonagall's name you still have mcgonagall's meat there so uh -huh. westport flea market because they make it on that grill the guys back there are awesome uh, behind the counter and i've had it yeah and, and then you get to doctor it up your your own way um Another, you know, I'm, this is, and this is going to be a little bit chainish of me. I miss Houston's when they took Houston's off the plaza and that Hickory burger at Houston's. Oh, that was one of my favorites. What was that other place? Real quick. Did, what was that other place? It was just right here. That Tom Fullery's? No, the burger place. It was right next to the little, the, it was um, right next. Like, Winstead's? Uh, no, it was the burger place that's now gone. And it, it was literally, that's all they had were like all these different burgers. They had one in Missions Farm. 
And then they had the one. Um, oh, Shake Shack? No, because Shake Shack's still here on the plaza. I don't know. You're, it was that burger that you would. Know I've it. worked at two different radio stations. Well, there right was one. The there was one in Westport. <laughs> there was a there was a burger place in in Westport on Westport Road. There was one in Missions Farm, and then the one here on the plaza. And straight ahead was this little bank, and then you go down the stairs, down right. Um, into which is all torn down now. <laughs> I don't know what you're the, talking about, and I was, should know. It was just catty corner, just catty corner from the old McDonald's. You know when McDonald's was on the plaza, there was a burger joint. Yeah, there? I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Oh I've my worked, gosh, and I worked I, in a Skelly building. <laughs> yeah, if I when I'd say it, you'd be like, "Oh my god, no. yeah," like you'd be like, "Remember it." But that's they literally. I used to get the the blue cheeseburger oh, uh, hamburger. I went with I went there with Brian Busby. Oh yeah, that's where I played my joke on him. I'll was have that to that Google that. Ask someone on Facebook. Uh, yeah, before you leave, <laughs> while you're getting dressed, I'll, I'll, <laughs> all right, give me one more, another burger place. Oh man, you know, I mean, I, I'm, you do I'm, like town topics, please. Love towns. Oh, I've done, you know, I've done. I don't know how many concerts, and then after you go down to town topic, is that just a cancer crowd? The crowd. You want to see an interesting crowd? Yeah. At two a.m. Yeah. Town topic. I, you know, I, I'm gonna go. I still love Winstead's. I'm one of the, really. It's a traditional thing that's Kansas City. It tastes <laughs> like Kansas City. It's like Gates Barbecue might not be my favorite barbecue in town. Yeah. But when I get out of town, I come back from out of town, and I want to feel like I'm. I get a, a short end and a big old honking thing of French fries and a giant Pepsi. Boom! I'm back home in Kansas City. Yeah. There's something about that, yeah. and it may not be my favorite taste. And I love I love Gates Barbecue, but there's probably better bar as far as my palate. You like Casey Joe's? I like Joe's. I you know I love. I, oh, here, now here's this is a little claim to fame. Uh, I'm not gonna pat myself on the back too much. I beat Joe's Kansas City Barbecue in a barbecue competition one time. <laughs> oh, shit. Are you serious? Shawnee Gray Grillers, my buddy Jerry, <laughs> who's manager on 47th Street. Uh, it's and, and props to Andy Groneman and. Uh, uh, Smoke on Wheels competition barbecue. He taught me what to do, okay. and he has a bar. He has a bourbon infused barbecue sauce. I'll get you a bottle. Oh, I'd love, seriously! You can get it at uh, True Value Hardware, the Ace True Value Hardware stores, Westlake Ace. Uh, look for Smoke on Wheels bootleg. Oh, there's okay. your little secret. Just in time for Valentine's gift giving. Do, 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 do. Bootleg, and it says Smoke on Wheels. And if you want to make some barbecue that that beat that can beat Joe's, and so he signs me up at Shawnee Great Grillers. And I don't know what I was doing, and quite frankly, there may have been some alcohol involved that morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just hoping it just the, I could get it on the grill, right? Yeah. And I'll be darned when they did the roll. Uh, I forgot who took first and second. Third place, Kelly Urich. Smoke on wheels. Andy Grudeman, get on up here. Like, boom. That, that just happened. Is Fourth place, Joe's. So to this day, and they made me a t-shirt. Ask me about the time I beat Joe's. Can't see barbecue. Now, it's just wings. So wings, it's a little different than I can't do, you know, a burn-in or a brisket or anything like that. But yeah. wings, I, got, I had my moment of glory there, man. Mm. I like, so I like Q39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the burnt in. I like the 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 Z-Man, you know, from Casey Joe's. Oh, yeah. And and I like Jack Stack's burnt ins. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like Jack Stack. And I like Gates. I'm, You know, when people say, what's your favorite? I Probably... Casey Joe's is probably my favorite. So it's Joe's is amazing. The, the Z-Man there is 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 hard to, to beat, but uh, it's amazing how Q39 really set a different bar. Yeah. Like that is a, it's a different it's tier. Really good. And you know, when you're calling to get on a wait list to go to a barbecue place, you know, that's different. Uh, winner of USA Today, best ribs in the country, or best burnt ends in the country. Try Plowboys Barbecue. Have you tried Plowboys no, downtown? I haven't. Yeah, Todd Michael Johns does good work. It's okay. good. Oh, it's Are good. you still sponsored by Volvo? <laughs> no, Volkswagen Vol Lee Summit. If you listen oh, to Volvo Summit, okay, they're awesome people. No, but I but I do have a Volvo or two. So do you? yeah, they still they ride in this snow, man. I love it. And you're also you're a you're a bicyclist, still riding or a bikes. cyclist. Yeah, cyclist is fine. Uh, bike MS um, on Bill Gotro's team, who's uh, kind of the right hand man to John Sherman, who owns the Kansas City Royals, and um, get to ride with. Uh, royal blue riders and okay. we get the actual royal jersey and he's top fundraiser for a bike ms nationwide okay. so very what proud kind of bike you ride uh cervello cervello so okay. it's uh got the r3 and it gets me around yeah. okay all right final ride, final thing what what's Give going on what's going on with the uh, casey chiefs i know they lost this week who'd we play i don't even i, I know we lost i just can't remember who we Cincinnati Bengals, and it was 34 33 uh, 34 31 oh so it was a close game it was a very close game here's the problem uh, bad officiating. Yeah, I get that. And even the, the I heard that a lot. Burroughs came out and said, listen, we got a good call. We got a good call. Yeah, you got a good call. How about this? I love Andy Reid. Andy, you got Pat Mahomes. 
You got 50 seconds on the clock, and you run the ball before halftime. All right, Tyree Kill should have caught that ball. He should have caught that ball. Yeah. Don't run the ball. Give Patrick a chance because it took him off the field at the end of the game. You got Patrick Mahomes. You use Patrick Mahomes. You don't hand off the ball with 50 seconds left in the game. Chiefs going to come back. We can beat Tennessee in Tennessee. Henry's out. We can we can run this thing, but it's going to be tougher. Are we – this is how ignorant I am. We're to, not the to, number one seed anymore. So. Okay, so we're not the number one seed, but are we? We've got our spot in the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. We're in the, we're gonna be in the playoffs. When it's will just, the playoffs begin? Playoffs will begin. Depend. That's a good question. Do we get the number one seed and get the first round by? Depends on if Tennessee beats Houston this weekend. This will be all dated by the time anyone listens to this. By the right. way, well, let's see. No, how, it'll air today. I have a glass eye and a crystal ball. We'll see how well this works. Yeah. Um. But if you know Houston beats Tennessee, then we still can get that first seed. But we have to beat the Broncos. They moved the game, by the way, from Sunday to Saturday, three thirty. Oh, this coming Saturday. Yes, yeah. So they they moved it because, quite frankly, the NFL wants nothing to do with the Denver Broncos. So they're just trying to get that game over with, and then we can move on. Okay. So we'll beat them, no problem. Though. We'll beat the Broncos. If we don't beat the Broncos, well, that's gonna, that's another deal. But I, we're still in the playoffs. So. so you think it's uh? Let's let's get let's get prediction here. Let's. Do you think Chiefs are going to make it to the Super Bowl? I and think, then of course, no, no, no. What would be your prediction? I, of If I were an opposing team and if I had to play the Bengals, if I had to play New England Patriots, I mean, where did that come from? Tampa Bay, um, Green Bay. I still think the Chiefs are the team you don't want to play in the playoffs. So I, I still think that there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance there's a, a Chiefs-Tampa Bay rematch. Okay. Call me silly. I'd take Green Bay, but it's got to be Chiefs and somebody. Yeah, so... That's hometown me talking. <laughs> so last year we went to the Super Bowl and lost. Mm. Who'd we play? Uh, last year we lost to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. So the year before that we were the was that when we won? That's when we beat the 49ers. Yes. Okay, so we we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And can I just say I was on stage at Power and Light, hosting the Super Bowl part. Like we watched it on the screen there, and I got to host that party part oh, of you it. Did. And we went from a sea of red, and it was you could get up there and just fart or belch on the microphone <laughs> and, which i'm doing here by the way right you can tell yeah. my clothing uh, and people would just go crazy yay that's awesome and then two weeks later lockdown i'm broadcasting out of my basement that's how quickly things went that so, is crazy and, and look what's happened fast forward to now yeah i'm sitting here naked next to you <laughs> <laughs> i love you man i'll tell you kelly i really you, i've always you know you and i well, we won't see each other for several months and yeah. we reconnect and it's like, there's been no time, no space. Take it right uh, up, man. I, I think you're a, a great person, a great human, very interesting to talk to. Uh, I've always thought that I've always loved you and Hillary. And of course I've met your girls and, and love your family. And, uh, I always appreciate your, your friendship that's uh, gone on for goodness. Oh my. 2000. So we've been friends i guess for like 21 years i will be your friend till the end buddy don't you ever yeah. forget that I, I i respect and admire you and and you're one of the most fascinating people i've ever met i mean well, that, <laughs> i mean that from the heart of my bottom <laughs> <laughs> well kelly i appreciate it thanks for being on the timmy gibson show today thank you timmy love you yeah peace Close. 